Hello, all you podcast listeners. This is Ken McKee, Deputy Director for the Correctional Facilities Administration. I am currently in between meetings here in Central Office, and I'm really looking forward to this week's podcast. So I hope you enjoy it, as I know I will. Well, off to that next meeting. Everybody enjoy this week's podcast. This is Tony Treeweiler, Warden of Ionia Bellamy Creek, and I'm excited to have one of our offices here at IBC as part of the Field Days podcast. Welcome to a new episode of Field Days, an award-winning podcast about news and hot topics related to the Michigan Department of Corrections. Here are your two-time PACE award-winning hosts, Chris Gouts and Greg Straub. Hello, and welcome to a new episode of Field Days Podcast. Wow, Chris, that's a couple pretty big gets right there. We have uh, Warden Tony Treeweiler and Deputy Director Ken McKee opening our podcast up. That's pretty impressive. We're back at Bellamy Creek today. We have been here uh, quite a bit this week, right? Yeah, it's good. always good to be on location with the podcast. Yeah, so we um, we came here earlier in the week with our friends from Utah who were visiting to to check out our reentry um, sites and how and how we do reentry. They kind of want to model some things that we're doing here, so we brought them here to watch an inreach. Um, we took them over across the street to MTU to see Vocational Village. So it's nice. We've been here quite a bit this week, and I want to you know thank our Utah friends for for stopping in. They were fun. They, we had a lot. We had a lot of fun with them. But you know what? We're here. Let's let's get to our interview because we have a very special interview today. Sounds good. Today's a a very special day for us. You know, we have a lot of guests on this podcast. One of our goals here is we always try to you know advocate for or promote the great things that are happening not only with the department but primarily with our staff because we have such great people that work here. And today is is is, is just that. It's gonna be it's gonna be a fun day for us. We we have on an employee who has worked for the Department of Corrections for um, probably almost. Longer than, way longer than you've been alive, probably about, what are you, not 25, 26, Chris? So about half of your life. <laughs> um, Steve Finnis. Steve Finnis is a corrections officer at Bellamy Creek at IBC. Yes. And Steve, you have 48 years with the Department of Corrections, which is amazing, by the way. And, you know, I, I, I want to say before we get going here, and you can introduce, um, you know, kind of talk about where you've been throughout the department in 48 years. And But first I want to say thank you, you know, for for number one what you do every day but secondly for being dedicated to stick, stick around for 48 years that i mean that means a lot that, that that is a long time to be of one organization so um i want to talk with that talk with you about that today sure. but first where, where have you been in 48 years throughout the department let's talk about that all right well i started i started in 1968 at the michigan training unit uh, richard hanlon was the uh was the warden at that time uh, gus harrison was the director of corrections at that time and I worked there from 68 till 72. At that time, I wasn't certain that I wanted to stay in corrections for the rest of my life. So I took a little break. I actually left corrections for about a year, year and a half. And I decided that after doing some other, type, other types of employment, I decided that corrections was where I where I should be, it was it was a, a good job. The benefits were good, insurances were good, and so I went back to work. In '74, I was off from '72 till early '74, and I went back to work at the Michigan Reformatory, and I worked at the Reformatory for about 20 years as a uh, industry supervisor at Michigan State Industries. I was a supervisor inside the laundry at the Michigan Reformatory. 
at the time uh, I was there in 1981, we had a riot, <coughs> excuse me, we had riots at the reformatory. And uh, that's when there was uh, overcrowding and, and the prisoners rioted over the situations, what was happening. And, and I remember that uh, after the riots, we had to go up, the Michigan State Police came in and they got everybody settled down. And we used, we'd have to go into the cell blocks and feed the guys, we fed them bagged lunches because they couldn't come out of their cells and uh, the cell, blo cell blocks are full of tear gas and and uh, but anyways after that was over they slowly let prisoners come back out to work in the central laundry and uh, so we got back the institution get, got back on its feet we just started letting prisoners back out when when everybody settled down and so then but I stayed in the laundry working there uh, until the years kind of escaped me. I think it was 95, 90 or 95, I can't remember exactly. And then Michigan State Industries decided to move their, their laundry operations to Muskegon. So Pam Withrow at the time was warden at that time. So I went up, went up and talked to Warden Withrow and I told her that I didn't want to, I lived in Ionia, my family was in Ionia, and I'd, I'd like to stay here in Ionia. So uh, uh, she said, well, why don't you go back into custody? I always worked for the corrections, but I was, at that time, I was working as a supervisor in the laundry. So I said, yes, I'd like to do that. So I went back into custody and worked another eight years uh, at MR. And uh, in the meantime, uh, there, there had been several different wardens there after, actually, uh, when I first went over there, it was... Uh, it was Ed Colbert who was the warden, and then it was Dale Foltz who was the warden, and then John Jaby was the warden, and then Pam Withrow was the warden, and then uh, uh, Ken McKee was the warden. And uh, so then after uh, they, they decided to build Bellamy Creek, I, uh, in 2001 they closed the Michigan Reformatory, and then I came over in 2001 uh, to, the, to Bellamy Creek and I've been here at Bellamy, Bellamy Creek ever since. Well, that's an amazing, amazing legacy. Chris, this, that's a who's who of uh, corrections names that you just went through there. So yeah, I, I kind of want to talk about that a little bit. You, you talked about the wardens in, around the Ionia area, but let's talk about the, the, all the directors you've been through. You know, it's, and I'm sure you may have to take a second to figure out how many directors it's been, but can you talk about some of the changes that you've witnessed throughout the 48 years you've been with the department? Well, when we first started, that. We had just day rooms. Uh, there weren't prisoners. Didn't have any televisions in their rooms. They had just day rooms. There were very few uh, programs. Everything was basically rec just recreation and feeding, and and then time in the day rooms. And then as as things progressed, uh, technology and and different changes in the philosophy of corrections. Uh, they started with more programs. Uh, Pam Withrow had STP at the Michigan Reformatory. There are other programs like AOL, Assault Defender, and SOP, Sexual Offender Program, VPP, Violence Prevention Program, Fathers Who Care, uh, Thinking for a Change. So the department has, has tried to do everything it can to, to redirect prisoners' behavior and Try to find out what course we should take to, to get these to get these guys back on the streets and get them 
back in society and be pr productive. So a, a lot of change, the biggest changes have been in programs and in, uh, uh, we do have a lot of uh, prisoners now have, they have little note, some of them have little notepads yeah. And J, J, J5 players, J3 players, and our recreation has moved into uh, uh, more sophisticated electronic games for entertain for entertainment. And uh, years ago, it was just you had a weight pit and, and, and the gym, and that was about it. So a lot of big changes in programs and, and uh, how we treat prisoners. What about for, for you and then for the officers in terms of uh, your technology? Um, talk about, you know, now you would have a, you know, chemical agents, a taser. Right. You've got your PPD and other, other things on your belt. In right. 68, when you started, what did you have? When I started, I, I never went to, to school. To, I, I mean, to uh, academy. Academy. the academy. Yeah. They didn't have any academies at that time. So what they did when I started, they told me to go into the into a room or told everybody at, at my time to go in the room and we just read policies we read the policies what the policies and procedures were in that institution and then it was basically they gave you some flats and said go down to the unit good luck yeah and there's, there's 120 in like at MTU is 120 and and when I first started at MTU there's ABC and ABC and D units at MTU at that time and there's 120 and we didn't have uh, we didn't have cuffs. We didn't have pals. Well, there were cuffs in the bubble, but we didn't have we didn't carry cuffs. We didn't have a pal. We didn't have a radio. All we had were our flats. And then <clears throat> there was a telephone in the unit. So if you could get to the telephone to call the control center, and at the time the control center wasn't called the control center. It was referred to as the hall. Excuse me, the hall office. That's what they called it. So a lot of changes uh, now. We have now we have radios. We have uh, pals, uh, uh, electronic, or pals that would, if you push a button, there's an email, an electronic monitoring officer. When he sees that signal, he knows where you're at. We have chemical agents and we have tasers. So big change in uh, how we, how we, what uh, instruments we have to help. You feel a lot safer now than you did when you, when you started in terms of going inside with all that? Well, it's, it, the biggest thing is I think it's, yeah, I think there's a safety consideration there because you can stand back. We used to have to, to kind of run in and charge and and uh, do tackle people, and now you can, you know, uh, verbally say, you know, stop your fighting, stop your fighting, or get on the ground, get on the ground, and uh, we the chemical agent will spray like 20 feet, and the tasers, you know, we you they can, people can be tased. You have to warn them, of course. You know, get on the ground, get on the ground, and so. But yeah, it's a lot. To, it's, that's helped considerably. I guess what what drove you to, to want to stay uh, as an officer for, for so long and to stay in for, for forty eight years? What what's the reasoning behind that? Well, that's a good question. I uh, that would make you think. Well, if you've been here this long, how come you're not a captain or lieutenant or a deputy warden? <laughs> <laughs> I just uh, we have uh, we have three girls, and uh, my wife and I had three daughters, and they're all. Uh, they're all, they all went to college, they all have master's degrees. So I, I just kept working because I, I had to, uh, uh, there were some college fees that I had to pay. And usually when you promote in the Department of Corrections, you have to give up something by promoting and usually it's the shift. 
if you if you go from a from a, an officer to a sergeant or a captain or a lieutenant or whatever usually you end up on a different shift and basically i wanted to stay i wanted to stay on days i was i live in the community and uh, so that's basically what just kept me you know on kept me at this level and uh, like the guys i work with good rapport with with the, my other colleagues and uh, so i really didn't have that that um, drive to promote into the up in the upper rank, upper ranks well, no that's I mean there's nothing wrong about not promoting <laughs> an officer is you know probably the most important job we have in the department so it's great that we have people with uh, your experience uh, and passion for for the job you know to do it and we like I, I was saying before we, we started recording is that we did check with uh, human resources and you are the longest uh, currently the longest serving uh, active employee so you've got that uh, record. <laughs> to go out on so yeah, congratulations on that well thank you i appreciate that yeah. and i think mostly congratulations on your on your and your children and you're putting your daughters through school yeah. and, and having a, a secure and stable job being able to do that it's probably very rewarding and you're probably very appreciative to be able to do that as a father myself with, with three kids you know that's one thing that i'll look forward to is being able to say that i was able to put them through school and when you look back on it, that's what you really, you know, value more than anything well that's what i do value and the department i i do have to say the department has been it's been very, very good to me. Uh, it's provided me with the job, with employment, steady employment, and uh, so I just, I, I, I honor that, and I, and that's probably why one, one of the reasons I've stayed so long is because of the employment has been good. It's been close. I haven't had to drive. I live in the community, and uh, so. Yeah. yeah, that's that's impressive, <clears throat> and it, you know, I could I could see as you're talking about your daughters and you know how they, how they've. Went to college. I got their masters. I, I can see um, that that's important to you, and it's. it's I, I see you smile as you talk about your your family, which is which is great. It's awesome. Um, you know, just to, just to end here. You have worked here for forty eight years, and it, more amazing is it's all in Ionia too, which is mm-hmm. which is amazing in the community where you've lived, you've worked, um, which is rare nowadays. But I'm sure you have many, many, many stories over the forty eight years you've worked for the Department of Corrections. If you can think back, what's your best story over 48 years of working here? You asked for you're asking about stories. I don't know if I I just they aren't really stories. They're just it's the way I feel about work and and the yep. the, the the guys that I work with. Uh, it's just it's it's fun to come to work with these guys because they everybody does a good job, especially here at Bellamy Creek. Everybody pulls together. Everybody knows what they have to do. Uh, it's just a it's, it's kind of more like a family situation. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of guys around here that uh, nicknames for, and, and, and they kind of sometimes refer to me as a dinosaur. <laughs> so, but uh, it's just, uh, I don't know, the only thing I can say is it's, it's been a, a pleasure working here at Bellamy Creek and working with all the guys that I work with. I, can't, I guess I just can't think of any specific story sure. at, this, at this point in time other than that. Chris has this question out here for me to ask you, but I, I don't want to ask you because I think it's inappropriate. But it says, it says who, who's a better warden, uh, Ken McKee or Tony Trewiler? Well, so I won't, I, won't, I won't have you answer that, so Chris, go ahead. I'm going to skip that question. Chris, go ahead. <laughs> well, um, I know you've, you've obviously you're, you're getting to the end of your career and you're thinking about you know retirement mm-hmm. and possibly looking at that uh, in, the, in the spring uh, and putting an end to your career. What, what would you say to, to the officer that's going to come in and replace you and, and to all the officers now that you, there's a lot of new guys coming in for the right. academy and women too you know what, what's your advice to them uh, to stay safe as you have these 48 years I guess my advice would be to 
you know, to, to come in and, and uh, come to work every day, be where you're supposed to be when you're supposed to be there. Don't call, you know, don't call in sick unless you're unless you're sick. You know, uh, pay attention to your supervisors. Look out for your fellow officers. You have to make. You know, there's a lot of times you have to make quick decisions, but you should be, you know, be decisive. But yet, use common sense when you make your decisions. Use discretion making dis making decisions, and uh, and try and be patient with prisoners. Uh, prisoners, they're here, and and I'm. They obviously don't want to be here, you know, and uh, you gotta be somewhat empathetic, empathetic and if you can kind of feel the feelings that they might be feeling because they're away from home, they're away from their family, and um, treat them with respect and treat prisoners with respect. Be, be uh, uh, courteous, uh, but do your job, and uh, I think that you'll get along fine if you do things like that. Is there anything in particular that you're looking forward to, to doing uh, once you're, you're retired? Any, any vacations planned, or you got a honey-do list? Well, <laughs> well my, my wife, I'm sure, has got lots of things for me to do around the house. Uh, I do, I do, I have, I have a motorcycle. I do ride motorcycles. Uh, I'll probably do a little bit more of that. And uh, we had, we did, we did go to Florida and uh, a few times, and uh, she'd kind of like to go south in the, in the, uh, in the winter, so we'll probably look into that a little bit. So other than that, no, no big special plans. I guess I'll just probably play it by ear when I get there. But to answer your question and, and about Tony Trewell and Ken McKee, <laughs> they're, both, they're both great guys, and uh, I've enjoyed working for both of them. Uh, and uh, it's been a pleasure working for them, and they're just they're great people. So that's a great answer, Steve. That's yeah, a great, see, great, great answer, Steve. You certainly could have promoted. You could have been awarding yourself. You're very diplomatic. <laughs> You're very diplomatic. <laughs> Even though you know which one is really the better one. <laughs> <laughs> no comment. <laughs> so you can add my job. I say no comment all the time. <laughs> well, Steve, we can't we can't thank you enough for taking time to do this. I know I know you're gonna retire soon. Um, you can tell everybody when you're thinking about it. You said next spring, right? Mm -hmm. um, yes. So if if you know if we don't if we don't have a chance to to see you again, um, thank you very much for everything that you have done for the Department of Corrections over 48 years. Not only that, but to think about the people that you have impacted that have been in prison, maybe didn't come back because of something that you did. I mean, you, you've impacted and you have had a direct impact on, on a lot of people in 48 years that have, that have been in prison. I, I, can't, I can't even imagine um, you know, how, how that affected not only them, but their families mm -hmm. and, and, their, and their children and many, many generations of people who maybe, not, who maybe didn't come to prison because of you. So thank you for everything that you've done. I, ho I hope I wish you nothing but the best in your retirement. I hope you have a great retirement, and I hope you have lots of miles on your bike and <laughs> lots of warm weather in your future. But more, but most importantly, thanks for coming on Field Day, Steve. We we appreciate it. Well, thank you. I appreciate the interview. <laughs> All right. As always, thank you for listening. We'd love it if you would help us spread the word about the podcast. You can do that by subscribing to the show on iTunes and leave us a review. You can always follow the department on Facebook at MI Corrections and on Twitter at Michigan DOC, as well as the FOA account, at MDOC FOA, and the CFA account, at MDOC CFA. And you can send any questions you have to the show using the hashtag AskFieldDays. Until next time, thanks for tuning in to Field Days Podcast.